Welcome to Beyond Technology, the experience podcast by Acrolec, where we chat about how we're transforming everyday lives with the help of technology. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Technology, the experience podcast by Acrolec. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Self-ordering technology in fast food and QSRs is finally having its time to shine in the industry. Research out of Tilster showed that back in July, more than 65% of customers would be more likely to visit a restaurant if it had self-service kiosks available, and 30% said they'd prefer the kiosk to a cashier if the line length were out of the picture. Those are pretty impressive numbers, and with this kind of acceptance by end users, the industry is now turning to improve not only the kiosk experience, but the drive through experience as well. One piece of technology that will really elevate self-ordering kiosks and drive throughs to be truly frictionless will be conversational AI for voice ordering. On today's episode, we're sitting down with two experts in the field who are in the midst of collaborating on the future of voiced-powered ordering. We're going to be speaking with Austin Curry, product manager for Acrolec, as well as Peter Seltonwright, sales director for Artificial Solutions. And just to get our listeners up to speed, Artificial Solutions is the leading specialist in enterprise strength conversational AI, which is a form of artificial intelligence that allows people to communicate with applications, websites, and devices in everyday human-like natural language via voice, via text, via touch, or even gesture input. The platform is highly intelligent, runs across 36 languages, multiple platforms, and channels all in record time. And the technology is already used by millions of people across hundreds of private and public sector deployments worldwide, including in virtual assistants, chatbots, speech-based conversational UIs for smart devices, and more. Peter, Austin, great to have you both on. How are y'all doing today? Doing well. Thank you for having us. Yeah, doing well, Daniel. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to this breakdown. You know, the technology itself is hot, uh, but the application itself that we're going to be breaking down in QSRs, both for uh, kiosks and for drive throughs is also really timely and is really seeing a surge. So I think it's going to be a, a timely conversation. Looking forward to it. So uh, before we get into the technology and the market, for self-ordering kiosks. Part of what has made this leap forward in conversational AI possible for QSRs is the partnership between y'all's two companies, um, between Artificial Solutions and Acrolec. So if y'all could, could you give us a brief summary of that partnership and the sort of work you've accomplished until now and how that kind of sets the stage for the conversation we're going to be having? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for the time being, we can kind of put aside where the industry is at. We'll, we'll touch on that. But um, between Acrolec and Artificial Solutions, it, it actually all started with an opportunity. Um, we were engaged with a, with a QSR that was looking to really revamp the entire drive-through experience um, from their hardware to their backend systems. And, 
And they happened to, to bring us in for the conversational AI piece of things. Um, they were really thinking forward in, in terms of innovation and, um, and liked what we offered. So we were, we were in there for that. And, and what we found out is that they were also evaluating Ecolink for everything that they provided from you know, the digital menu boards, uh, drive-through timers, a number of different things beyond, beyond what I'm uh, you know, capable of, of speaking to. But uh, what, where we got to is that it was it was better, and, and there were so many pieces that needed to come together that it was it was better if they just dealt with, you know, maybe Acrylic that's really installing all of the hardware and and you know it's going to have a bigger footprint. Um, and and that all started to make sense to us. So we actually started to hear that from a couple different uh, restaurant chains, and 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 what we we both came to a conclusion on is you know there's there's things that we can start to work together on to create a package solution that we can take to these restaurant chains and and, and deploy faster and scale faster um, so that's that's kind of what happened and i think you know acrylic um, did a little due diligence in terms of a couple of providers out there and and uh, we, we we happened to hit it off and um, fortunately for us we we actually have we have offices um, in the same neighborhood in chicago so uh, the relationship was was uh, it was, it was pretty easy and things took off. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, Peter mentioned a lot there and, you know, I, I agree with him hundred percent. Um, you know, we did, um, obviously, as you know, with Acrolec, you know, we have many, many different products in the QSR industry, um, ranging from table service to, um, the kiosk is obviously our big one and going into the drive through the audio, um, but yeah, we did, you know, have, we went through a couple of different vendors to see what they offered. And, you know, we're very impressed with what Artificial Solutions has worked on. Um, like you mentioned in your intro there, Daniel, it's, you know, they have support 36 different languages um, and they really are the leader in what they, what they do, which is conversational AI. Um, so it's, it's, it's amazing that we can bring this partnership together to, to offer something so, so uh, innovative and new to the industry. Um, with us being global, you know, it's, it's a big part to have, uh, different languages supported and, um, and that's where artificial solutions really, uh, helps us, um, you know, get an advantage in the industry. And I'm definitely looking forward to, uh, you know, what we have put together already and the future that, that will be coming as well. Love it. Thanks y'all. All right. So now to get into the technology itself. Uh, I want to paint a picture here, uh, or have y'all paint the picture here, of self-ordering kiosk technology in general, and that kind of surge that I mentioned uh, in the beginning of the podcast. Like I said, back in July, more than 65% of customers said they'd be more likely to visit a restaurant if it had self-service kiosks available, and 30% said they'd actually prefer the kiosk to that human interaction that we value so much. Uh, they said if line length was out of the picture... Nah, they would take it. They would take that self-ordering kiosk. So what do you think has finally propelled the self-ordering kiosk into the public consciousness like this to where it's driving customer decisions, not just something that they consider, oh, you know, this is an extra add-on, this is fun, this is fancy, but no, it's actually driving how they order and how they choose where they want to eat and how they want to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great, uh, it's a great, you know, good stats on, on how the industry is shaping, especially with the self-ordering kiosks. Um, you know, it is fairly new to, here in America. Um, you know, in France, they've been using it for quite some time, maybe 10 years. Uh, so America is a little, 
late on the adoption of the self-ordering kiosks. But there's just so many so many benefits to to having like the seamless integration of being able to walk into any any restaurant that has a self-ordering kiosk and be able to um, not only simplify the stream of making your order, but it reduces a lot of the um, what we call ordering anxiety. Um, so especially you know when you get up when you're waiting in line and you're looking at the board and then you get up to the cashier and then you know some people <laughs> kind of freak out and they order something they're like I, you know they feel pressured to order right away because someone's in front of you waiting. Um, but with the kiosk, it's very nice. You know, you're in front of it. You have the whole menu in front of you, so you can modify the items. You can remove items. So you have that the anxiety removed from being able to you know kind of own the uh, your whole order, right? Um, so that's a big one is being able to reduce the ordering anxiety. Um, this can be seen, especially, you know, I'm, you know, here in Chicago, but if I go to uh, anywhere in Europe or, or Asia, you know, the language barriers are, are fairly large. Um, so being able to look at pictures instead of text, you know, because it's not always in English or my, my primary language. So being able to look at tech or uh, I'm sorry, images. Um, so you can see what you're ordering. It makes it easier uh, instead of uh, trying to talk with a, a cashier that might not share your same primary language. Um, so it reduces a lot of the anxiety, a lot of the language barriers that we have. So I think that's part of the the main pieces of why you know self-ordering kiosks are becoming so much more popular is that we like to to be able to control our own our own order and see you know the totals as you're adding it up and. And having total control over your order and what you're what you're uh, getting, um, so that I think that's what you know is really driving the self-ordering kiosk to propel in the in the industry for sure. Sure, mm -hmm. yeah, and just to add to that, I think when we're talking kiosks, um, yeah, we know Acrolex, uh, you know, one of the best, probably the best provider, largest provider of kiosks. <laughs> and when we look at that, um, for us, you know, how can conversational AI improve that scenario? Um, and and what we're what, what we where we see the opportunity is you know people that that maybe just want to order a quick item they know what they want you know they they maybe they just want a black coffee um, okay you know if someone can say it by voice they're probably going to cut thirty seconds off their order um, or if somebody's a frequent uh, you know frequent customer they, they know what combo they want they could just say it um, you know it, it's really about improving the interface on the kiosk and improving that experience. Um, and then the same carries over to drive through to mobile apps, um, which I'm sure we'll get into, but, uh, but really, you know, it's, it's improving the time to order and, and the interface and the experience. Now, besides conversational AI, uh, I know that AI in general has helped shape uh, where we're at today with self-ordering kiosks and the technology that both uh, artificial solutions and Acrylic bring to the table. Uh, in what other ways has AI sort of led us to this point where we're finally ready to roll out conversational AI, which often can be uh, you know, much more complex and nuanced in, uh, in how you roll it out? Yeah, that's a good question. Um... And, you know, this is, you know, AI is being used in lots of aspects in our life, whether we, we think it is or not, you know, you know, Tesla's or, uh, or just any type of automation, you know, Alexa, you know, talking to your internet company on the phone, right? So uh, conversational AI is definitely becoming a very large uh, part of our daily lives. Um, and how that's, you know, how that's happened specifically in the QSR industry, um, how we've seen it really shaping 
the self-ordering kiosk is um, is like something like a product recommendation, right? So if you ordered a cheeseburger um, from a, a restaurant, you know they can say, uh, here are some things that you know that are typically used with uh, are typically eaten with cheeseburgers, like a coke and, and fries, and then. They can also upsell you. Do you want something larger for just this amount of price, or do you want uh, a little sweet treat? Do you want a, a cookie or something like this? Um, so I think uh, AIs definitely sh help shaping where we're where we're heading. Um, you know, it helps upsell products. It helps drive your personal recommendations. So if if in the future, you know, myself Austin, I go to a restaurant and I order a cheeseburger, and I'm one of those daily customers that orders the same thing every day, like a coffee or something. It'll be able to automatically recognize me and then say, hey, Austin, welcome back. You know, here is your regular coffee, as well as would you like something to go with that coffee specifically? So I think that's kind of where we're seeing, you know, AI helps shape um, where we're at with self-ordering self kiosks. Uh, and then obviously we're working with artificial uh, solutions, you know, really drive um, building that out more and becoming more conversational and having a two-way communication with um, with your with the with the orderer and the um, artificial intelligence, yeah, and and I think it all really plays together well. Um, Any time that you can have product recommendations and and these other pieces of of intelligence, uh, you know, in the system, then we can combine it all together um, and and really just make conversational AI that extra layer of of intelligence and and, and really elevate the experience. I mean, if we can if we can recognize a customer, as Austin was saying, and um, you know, we can we can show them a different menu uh, based on their preferences, or we can offer those things that they typically order, making that voice input even even more straightforward. Uh, so it, it's you know, it's really there's a there's a number of different pieces of AI that can really come together to to build a, a tremendous experience. So you mentioned conversational AI uh, in other settings, right? It's not. <laughs> obviously fresh to QSRs in any sort of capacity. Uh, conversational AI has been developed for a very long time, um, you know, has become uh, much more capable in the kind of IoT devices consumers see around their houses, and I think they're just becoming more used to the concept of conversational AI. How have you seen conversational AI deployed in other industries to their benefit? You know, how have they uh, actually seen returns on those kind of investments? And how does it support that frictionless customer experience that has become so desired uh, in industry to industry? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> for our, our company alone, we've been around for over 15 years. Um, doing some sort of uh, some sort of work within conversational AI, and we've seen the, the industry change quite a bit. Um, I think in recent times, you know, it's uh, it started with very basic uh, chatbots that you know, take an input and, and try to give you know, a single um, output, and it, it was very rigid. It was it was very tough to make it a, a great experience. And, and what we're seeing now is you know, advancements in, in machine learning and and, and speech recognition and, and various things. And, um, and where, you know, what we're doing, what we're focused on is, is really true conversational AI. So, um, uh, you know, speaking like a human, understanding the memory and the context of a conversation and, and right. uh, you know, not making people restate what they're trying to do, um, just making it very, very natural. Um, and so, 
I think you know as that's improved, uh, a number of different industries have have benefited uh, from the technology, and, and I think you know we're, we're really seeing it across all verticals. But I think some of the earliest adoptions and, and most frequent adoptions, I think the banking industry has done it very well in terms of you know improving how how people interact with the brand and how they accomplish tasks like you know withdrawing money or, or transferring money. Um, you know we're seeing. Telecom uh, has has adopted it as well. Um, yeah, I think everyone's starting to get comfortable with maybe even speaking a channel on TV. Um, it, it, it's you know, and obviously there's the Google Assistants and the Alexas, and so I think it's it's, it's really starting to become natural for people. Um, but you know, when we look at industries, it, you know, it's you're know, starting to see it come out in insurance and retail, and energy. Auto, um, you know, QSR is really kind of jumping on uh, now, and I think I think a lot of that has to do with with where uh, where the technologies come. Um, you know, for, for us, we have a platform that, that spans all industries, so we have a, you know a lot of really interesting projects. Um, and you know, as I said, all those different industries, I feel like we're working across pretty much all of them, from you know a digital only bank that wants a, a voice interface, um, you know. A, Telecom company for you know, my account operations and their smart home app. Um, you know, working with uh, we're working with a, a, you know, a TV provider in Europe where we're going to power um, the, the the voice remote and the voice box. Um, it, it's it's all across industries, and I think it's speaking to the technology's ability to um, handle different conversations, understand what people are trying to do, and, and really respond intelligently. Um, so, you know, I think QSR is, is, has a big opportunity right now in terms of you know, uh, letting their employees focus on the right things and, and improving speed ordering and, um, and, and really just kind of innovating and, and, and improving how people, people get their food and interact with their brands. So uh, it's a pretty exciting time. What I like about the way this technology is developing in the QSR industry uh, is that it's not just limited to the self-service kiosks where I think they'd be immediately thought of as applicable. They're also making their way to drive-throughs and being embraced by drive-throughs. Have you seen consumers looking for that same kind of automated, frictionless experience in store as well as in the drive-through? And if so, you know, why do you think they're wanting that same experience through the drive-through? And how is conversational AI maybe filling that gap? Yeah, obviously, you know, it's not we're not limited to just the kiosks and the indoors, right? We also have the right. drive-through. We get a lot of traffic through there, right? Um, so I think you know, customers. You know, while it, it could be cold or whatever the reason may be that they they want something quick, right? They want the same seamless transaction where it's you go up, you know what you want, and you get it right away without any questions or having to bridge these language barriers. So I, I believe, you know, the traffic is just the same as indoors as it is through the drive through right? So uh, how conversational AI is, how we're planning to see the initial benefits is through that, you know, owning your own order and being able to, you know, modify an order or uh, bridge that language barrier that, like I mentioned, could be could be large for some people. Um, so that in order, instead of you know going through a cashier that's talking to you through an, an audio uh, form, you know, you control um, your order and you're talking to um, an artificial intelligence that understands your primary language if you have another language if you're traveling somewhere. So I think that's the initial benefit 
um, that we'll see right away is, you know, that seamless uh, transaction of being able to control your own order and um, just reducing the amount of time, right, that you spend through the drive-thru because time is money. So, um, so yeah, I think that's the initial benefit that we'll see uh, is that people do prefer to, you know, use these new technologies and own their own order through an artificial conversation. Um, so it'll be exciting to see uh, what we come up with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I agree. I think, you know, what we're looking at as, as partners here is, is really um, across different channels. It's, it's really about working with these QSR restaurants and understanding, you know, where's your traffic? Where do you want to improve the process and the flow? Um, uh, because you know, the conversational AI set of thing set of things doesn't really change all that much. Um, when the interface changes, you know, there's a couple order behaviors that might change. But what we want to do is we want to we want to improve uh, the speed at, at which people place place an order. We want to improve the accuracy um, of those orders. You know, I think people might wonder, well. Accuracy seems concerning with something like conversational AI, but but really, you know, with a well-run solution, I think we take the human variable out of it in a way. Um, you know, you're not going to get an employee that that might be exhausted or you know having a bad day. Um, you're going to get the same experience every single time, every hour of the day. Um, so there's a real opportunity with that, and I think on top of that, I mean, there's really an opportunity to own. Uh, the upsell situation. So, you know, building rules into, into the, the AI just to always ask for the increased order size or, or the combo. Um, so I think, you know, that's going to really benefit the organizations that we work with and, and, you know, they're going to be, they're going to start to gain a return on investment through, through that order size, through speeding up the orders, through, you know, letting their employees focus on putting great food together, servicing their their customers in the restaurant, doing higher value things than just sitting in a window taking taking an order. So uh, there's a lot to gain. And I think lastly on that, um, you know, across the drive through, across the kiosks, all of these things with a conversational AI embedded in are going to be really gaining a lot of interesting voice of customer data. I think that's an important thing to to put on people's radar is that you're gonna you're gonna be able to analyze everything that people are saying, everything they're asking from your brand, you know, uh, different items that maybe you discontinued, or maybe in a certain geography they're asking for a certain item at a certain time of day. There's a lot of interesting things that you're gonna learn, um, and I think you know deploying this in the drive-through, deploying it in the kiosk, is is gonna be a big opportunity and really provide. Uh, some interesting learnings and some interesting uh, ROI or advantageous ROI. And as we look even further down the road, as more orders come in through mobile apps, we want to expand to that channel. As people get used to ordering things in their car, we want to expand to that channel. Um, all things that are very possible, we just we want that usage to increase. So, you know, that, that kind of data, uh, I'm sure, is already available to QSRs in some capacity, being able to read trends in ordering, um, trends in, you know, do people, uh, you know, order the combo? Do people order certain dessert with this item? How do we, you know, better market to those people? Uh, what about conversational AI um, through the self-order kiosk or the drive-through makes that data easier to access or more holistic? 
Well, I think I think you're capturing, you know, every everything really. Um, you're you can you know you can capture sentiment on top of that. Um, you can you capture the things that are stated outside of just maybe the menu item that was clicked or the menu item that was submitted by the employee. Um, there's a lot of extra data in a way that you're going to be gaining through just understanding how people naturally order what they say. Um, and, you know, I think because if somebody's in a, in a situation where, you know, they're ordering an item that's discontinued, that data is not actually going to make it to the brand because nobody's putting that into a point of sale system for the order to go through. Um, so, so a system like conversational AI, AI is going to be tracking those things that, that can't be submitted. Um, and so you're going to gain an extra layer of understanding of your customers. Now, a, a technological limitation that comes to mind, at least for the drive-throughs, is literal discerning of sound uh, because of you know ambient noise. Uh, you might have a drive-through in a particularly noisy uh, part of town. It might be next to a highway. Um, a lot of honks, a lot of horns, a lot of driving by. Uh, what are some of the tech limitations, including that one, that you've had to overcome with bringing conversational AI to something like a self-order kiosk or a uh, drive-through, especially since QSRs in those two you know, situations are often relatively noisy and you know, you've got to be able to hone in exactly what that person is saying and have a relatively successful uh, interpretation of their voice. So yeah, what are some of those tech hurdles you've had to overcome? Uh, what, what are some of maybe the most unexpected and what are some of the most challenging? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, obviously with conversational AI, you have to be able to understand what your customer is saying. Um, whether it's, you know, they're speaking softly, speaking loudly, they're in the drive through there's cars and traffic going by, you know, it ranges very differently. You know, every QSR restaurant is, uh, you know, a different size and location. So you have to take in the variables from all these different uh, background noises, ambient noises. Uh, so we're definitely working on and have had great success in, you know, noise cancellation and, um, you know, the gain and the volume for the, the voice that is being picked up. Um, so we have made great um, advances in that, you know, we're working with some great companies to work on that noise cancellation of, you know, if your car is too loud, right? If you have a big diesel truck and you're in the drive-through, you hear that that engine roaring. So it'll actually pick up that, that ambient noise in the background or that engine noise and drown it out. So you can only hear your voice, right? So there's, you know, we're doing a lot of, it is a challenge, but I think we've, uh, we've definitely got a, a grab on it and being able to uh, negate those background noises and get just the raw, you know, voice of what someone is ordering. Um, so that's one of the challenges. Yes, you are correct. Um, but I think it's something that, you know, it's, it's, it's been worked on for a while. And, you know, even with conversational AI taken out of it, you know, it could be hard even for an order taker, uh, someone in the restaurant to be able to hear you with that background noise. So, um, yeah, so we're definitely putting a focus on, you know, the quality of audio has to be great before we even get into conversational AI. Um, so that's something that we're working on and have made great leaps and bounds to, uh, to, to get that perfect sound quality. Not perfect. It can never be perfect, right? But it'll be close to it. Um, another challenge, you know, that we had, and uh, Peter can also speak on this as well, is, um, is working with the, the menu data, right? So if you're talking to a conversational AI and you say, I want a cheeseburger and no pickles, um, it's understanding that you know, the pickles as a modifier and you can remove it, right? Or if you want to add 
um, if you want to add something to your cheeseburger, like uh, extra meat or extra cheese, um, one of the challenges that we've um, come across is being able to identify what is being added to a specific item like a cheeseburger and not added separately, right? So you want a cheeseburger with pickles and not a cheeseburger and then a separate line item for just pickles, right? <laughs> um, so that's one of the one of the challenges we've been facing, um, just getting the difference between uh, what needs to be added to the current item and what is an additional item on top of that. Um, I'm not sure if you have a different take on that, Peter. No, I, yeah, you bring up some good points. So I, I think just to go back, what we are really excited about with Aconic is their advancements in the speaker and the audio. Um, that's that's really key because once we can get clean audio, the, the speech recognition technology is there um, to to be able to, to make that understanding. And if we have that correct understanding, then the AI can work as it should. Um, so that's really exciting. But I think, yeah, as we start to look at menu data, the other thing we're really excited about with Aconic is, is you know, kind of their backend systems, how they connect to... Um, POS systems and, and how they consume a restaurant's menu data, um, and and you know and we're working with them now on on how how's the best way to structure this menu data because from a conversational AI perspective, you know, saying an order and capturing that order and and understanding that isn't really the problem. Um, you know, we can put together very complex orders, multiple items, multiple modifiers, removing items, all these things. Um, but at the end of the day, that has to connect to a specific restaurant's specific menu and the combos that they have and the actual items and combos that can be submitted into their point of sale. Um, so all of these systems have to work together and, and you know, we're, we're, we're working through the, the things that come up within that. But I think, you know, with the way Acrolyc is set up and, and the way that, you know, we can consume their data, make sense of it and, you know, send that order back. I think you know, we're, we're in such a great place to, uh, to, to, you know, one, make this, you know, have this partnership, um, but in a really great place to implement uh, these solutions. Right, and I'm I'm sure that there's a fun challenge in overcoming uh, not only some of that specific restaurant jargon, mm-hmm. you know, if you are coding something for Taco Bell or you're coding something for McDonald's, you're coding mm-hmm. something for uh, Long John Silver's, like all three <laughs> yeah. of those are going to have definitely different uh, shortenings for how people refer to some of the uh, food on their menus um, for, you know, typical combos that they could or might order. But even beyond that, I feel like bringing conversational AI in the mix um, also kind of reamplifies the need for a visually coherent menu as well. Um, because if you're standing there and you're trying to order something, but you know, you say, I'd like a burger and a, and you sit there for you know several seconds as you're trying to scroll and find what the other thing is you want on the menu, you know, that's not very intuitive and probably not super helpful for the AI to unpack what it is you're doing. Um, so creating something that's visually easy to understand and reference um, in a natural pace of conversation, uh, I'm sure presents some fun collaboration and some different challenges as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, from our perspective, the the natural things in conversations, like the the ums and the pauses, um, you know, it's it, it it I think you know posed an issue at some point, but it's it's something that we've we've definitely worked past. Um, but that's where you get into a situation where you know maybe the drive-through is different than the kiosk. Um, 
And so, you know, I think the kiosk is interesting in that you get that opportunity to, to really choose your experience. If you want to click, click the menu, click through the menu and, and select via images, you know, that's, that's what you can do. But if you want to click the, the, you know, the button that says speak my order, go ahead and do that. You know, so it's, uh, we're offering, we're offering customers, a you know, a, multiple multiple options and how they want to order and 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 really just you know improving their experience through through these options so um it's yeah I, I think you know um as as we get implemented and as we as we do more and more testing through you know pilots and real, real stores um you know we'll see how, how these experiences um you know are, are are tracked and we'll see how they do um because you know there's there's Yes, you know the technology's there. We're, we're ready to implement, but there's absolutely still learnings through you know as through through sorry. Uh, there's a lot of learnings to gain as you scale something. Um, you know, so we're we're excited to see um, the the learnings that we get, the data that we get, and and you know how to how to improve the experience. Yeah, and um, yeah, I agree with Peter one hundred percent. You know, that's why we've chosen artificial solutions because they've been doing it for like Peter said 15 years right so they have great knowledge and depth into that conversational AI right not just in the QSR industry QSR space but you know other spaces to where you know they recognize um, just everyday conversations like the ums and the haze and the pauses right um, so the conversational AI knows that you know those are words that are not relative to your order uh, and it's not pressuring you, right? You're not in that that order anxiety of having someone in front of you, and you you know you're pausing and and getting anxious because you feel like you have to order quick. So I think that's you know a large benefit of you know the conversational AI uh, knows when you're just uh, you know thinking about your order or when you're actually stating an order, right? So I think that's one of the large benefits of you know partnering with artificial solutions is that they have this knowledge, uh, and they you know they keep <clears throat> adding on and on to their their dictionary per se. And being able to to make a, a better conversational AI. Yeah, and, and Daniel, I think you actually you brought up an interesting um, challenge that I think uh, some of the you know some of the people that are that are implementing this and thinking about this um, menu items are stated in multiple different ways. People have shortened versions. They have yeah maybe different different terms that they might use um, from one burger to another, and and I think you know. We're kind of excited about the way that, that we approach natural language processing in conversational AI um, you know, to solve this problem. Um, yeah, I think a majority of the systems out there, they're, they're, they're focused on um, machine learning. I'll, I'll try not to get, I don't want to get too into the weeds, but uh, that takes a lot, of, a lot of data around how, you know, of, of actual people saying those menu items and, and the different versions of it. Um, and that takes a lot of great data to really train that system to understand it. Um, our, our system is a combination of linguistics and machine learning. Um, so in these situations where new menu items added or a single menu item has multiple names, we can simply upload a list and its variations into the system just to allow for it to understand right off the bat. Um, and as time goes, as we get more and more conversational data, we'll, we'll even train it with machine learning as well just to add to it. Um, but I think that's, it's, it's something unique to what, to what we do. And, and, you know, I think it's something that Acrylic's, you know, excited about too, is just the, the fact that we can, we'll always be able to understand the, the multiple terms from one item or be able to just, you know, pick up the understanding of a new menu item 
very quickly. So it's definitely a big challenge. Uh, one thing we didn't mention earlier, but um, just yeah, that's that's something that, that restaurants have to solve for. Another fun challenge that comes to mind is, and you know, I call these fun because I'm sure y'all have fun solving them. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, what, what comes to mind is not necessarily the language barrier of being able to service 36 different languages, which you're already doing, um, but the idea of servicing a language in a tourist hotspot. So let's say there's someone visiting from South America or from China, and they're coming to the United States, and they're trying to order in English, and their English is very broken. Uh, How do you solve that kind of issue? Because especially with some of these large name brands that are probably going to be adopting this technology first, uh, they're, you know, big tourist hotspots and they're often all around the globe. Um, So, you know, you might run into situations where you have an American in France trying to order... Uh, you know, a Big Mac in French with a horrible French accent, right? Um, or a horrible U.S. accent speaking French. So, you know, is that something you have to take into account? Or do the solutions uh, become so flexible that, you know, someone speaking German could go to France and order from the French kiosk machine in German and it would just know, hey, you know, we can process this in a different language. How do you approach that kind of, you know, a regional issue? Yeah, Austin, I can yeah. I, I can start with this one. Um, so there's there's a couple of different things to, to really think about. The, primarily, the the at the highest level, what we'll do when we're working with a new restaurant is we want to understand um, how people are are putting their orders in and in, in what in what language and, and how often. Um, if you know a restaurant gets ninety nine percent of orders in English, you know we're going to stick with an English solution. Um, but when we, but in saying that we have 36 languages that we're capable in, you, you know, we have, we have that capability. And if the data shows it, you know, let's say they need, you know, 30 or 40% of their orders come in in Spanish, then we're going to want to have that solution also ready in Spanish. Um, and, and essentially we have a, a method of, of copying a, a, an original solution in English and, you know, taking that copy of that solution and putting it into a second language and managing both from one place. Um, so you're not doing twice the work. And, and so really it's about understanding, you know, how frequently people are ordering in those languages. Um, even without doing anything, our conversational AI platform will understand any of those languages. And if you do have a solution in place for that language, it'll say, you know, I see that you're or I see that you're ordering in Spanish. Would you like to speak to my, my Spanish counterpart or you know, Spanish virtual employee? Um, then you know it's going to do that. Uh, if it doesn't have that that link that solution in place with that language, what it'll do is say, "I recognize that you're speaking this language, um, but you know I can I'll have to I'll have to give you to an employee, or you know maybe maybe you should come into the store and use our kiosk for the images." Um, so really, it's about you know, one, we're always going to have that understanding. And then it's about determining, can, you know, do we have the solution in place to answer them or do we need to direct them to the correct resource? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's perfect, Peter. Yeah. I, I was thinking, you know, it's, it's great, you know, cause I could, you know, go to a McDonald's here in Chicago and then I can go to, you know, Japan where I know not a single language, uh, or word in their language. Right. And I could have the same consistency of making an order of let's say a Big Mac, right? And I could have that same order 
um, in, in Japan, right? Because I can choose my native language. Um, so it, it, you know, it gives you that comfort of knowing that you could travel, um, you know, across the sea and, and go to the same restaurant, the QSR restaurant and be able to order the same thing in, in your, your primary language that you would do back home. Right. So it gives you that comfort and removes the anxiety. Um, and it, you know, it gives you that, that edge, especially if you're a QSR restaurant and you, you offer this type of uh, solution, you know, the comfort of having, uh, being able to order and know your order is going to be correct and, and not have to stress over a language barrier is huge because if you go, you know, if you go overseas and, you know, you might be intimidated by a, one of their local uh, QSR restaurants because you don't know their language or, or what's, what's, you know, what the ingredients are if you have food allergies or something like this. Um, so being able to go uh, to somewhere that's not, you know, your native language and having them be able to detect the language that you're using and and you have the power over your order again so that's something that's you know a great benefit and an immediate uh, return on investment if you're a qsr restaurant for sure yeah and, and as as the adoption um starts to increase and as we as we scale this out across restaurants i mean the exciting thing is you know if we build a solution for just let's say kfc in the us and japan wants that we already have it in english so we'll build for Japanese, and then you've got two major languages already built and uh, in the same solution. So um, I think you know as this really scales, as 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 restaurants start to adopt it, um, I think you know you'll see a lot of the languages really come together and uh, and have some really powerful solutions out there. So with so much potential in technology like this, how are QSRs responding um, to the technology being right around the corner, especially with it being around the corner but at scale, right? The fact that they might be able to roll it out uh, for every single store all at once. Uh, is the tech infrastructure ready for that kind of rollout? Um, you know, are, are they making the investments? Are we seeing any companies be first to market with these kind of solutions? How are the actual players responding to the tech? So a couple of different things. I mean, what, what we know is that I think the infrastructure is all there. All the pieces are there. Um, it's about putting them together. And, and you know, we, what we talked about is that, you know, there are a lot of pieces and that's, that's really why this partnership is, has taken off. Um, you know, we've, we've, we're taking Acrylex, um, audio systems. Uh, we're taking a really state of the art speech recognition system. Um, you know, we're taking Acrylex backend systems that connect to all these different point of sale systems and, uh, and, you know, and, and their ability to handle all the menu data. Um, it's really allowing us to build those integrations right now and scale this across customers that are ready to adopt. And I think that a lot of the customers are, are really getting to that point because you're seeing, um, you know, uh, uh, chains like, like McDonald's. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they, they make major acquisitions in this. Um, and, you know, they've debuted the technology and the drive through, um, in a couple of pilot stores right now and they're testing it out. And, um, and so, you know, I th it's really showing um, some of the other brands that, hey, you know, this, this technology is out there, it's ready, um, and you, know, you need to start moving on it. And I think we're even seeing maybe some of the, even the smaller chains um, do some testing in it as well. Um, and they're going to be, they'll be adopting as well because, you know, they're, they're nimble. Um, you know, they, they want to innovate, they want to stand out. And so I think, you know, we're going to see it across brands of different sizes, um, but, you know, 
McDonald's started it, and I think the dominoes are going to fall, and you're going to start to see a lot of brands really, really pick up uh, on the technology and start to adopt quickly. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> like yeah, like Peter said, you know, McDonald's is really uh, always, almost always been our industry leader in terms of you know what they do as far as their menu, their menu options, their technology. You know, they are one of the biggest leaders, right? So when they do something, everyone. Um, you know, pays attention and says, we should probably look into this, right? So QSR, <clears throat> um, QSR restaurants, you know, whether they be large like McDonald's or even smaller chains, right? A, a couple hundred restaurants or even fewer, you know, they're really open to jumping on this type of uh, conversational AI and, and, and jumping on into something new because um, from an infrastructure standpoint, it, it's, it's, it's no work for them, right? Because uh, here at Acrolec, you know, we have the full solution. We have all of our, you know, systems talking to each other, whether it be audio or table service or anything in the drive-through, right? The digital menu boards, you know, we we offer that full solution. Um, so in terms of, you know, the tech infrastructure and, you know, is conversational AI scary? Um, it, it's fairly easy to, you know, set up at a restaurant, you know, and and offer this type of solution. So, and I think, you know, QSR industries, our restaurants are very on board with, you know, investing some of their money and, and um, you know, implementing it or piloting it in their stores because this gives them that edge that I was talking about earlier over other stores, you know, having this option to have multiple language um, proficiencies with this conversational AI. So um, I think it is something that will definitely shape the QSR industry and something that we'll see make a huge leap and bound into terms of um, seeing it used, you know, worldwide. So, um, yeah, it's definitely exciting. You know, the QSRs are pretty open to, to, to new te technology and, and innovation. So it's very cool to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the other piece is that we're going to see, um, and we are seeing, and, and I think what the focus has been across all the, the franchises and all of the restaurants uh, within a single brand is that they've really focused on improving um, the menu boards and the kiosks and and you know, the, the the systems that you see when you're in a in a restaurant. Everyone's kind of updating, mm -hmm. spending the money on that, um, and and that's what that's exciting for us because you know once those more advanced systems are in place, the better um, the better menu boards and, and the kiosks. That's when you know we're really in a good place to to innovate with something like conversational AI. Um, but I think it's also a challenge because, you know, every brand, and we're, we're always going to, you know, challenge a brand from the start in that, you know, are you, do you think you're ready to, to you know, scale this across your restaurants and across your, your franchisees? Um, it's, it's one thing to deploy in, a, in maybe one of your innovation stores, and that, that's something we can, act, we can have up and running fairly quickly. Um, but, you know, <laughs> do your franchises want to adopt this and, and do you have a thousand stores that want to that want to start to implement this so that's something that i think the qsr brands are going to start to figure out very soon um and and you know i think that acrylic and artificial solutions will be there um you know we're really ready to scale with them peter austin i want to thank you both so much for joining us on the podcast for giving us your perspective on this breaking down the full scope of the conversational ai industry how it applies to qsrs and I'm with y'all. I feel like, you know, McDonald's being first to market with this really um, 
showing the industry that it can be profitable and useful is going to be a huge boost for other similar sized uh, QSRs as well as smaller players to uh, really think about integrating this kind of technology into their day to day. So, Peter, Austin, thank you both so much for joining us on the podcast. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Daniel. Thanks for having us. Daniel, thanks for having us. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Beyond Technology, the experience podcast by Acrylic. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous podcasts, you can head to acrylic.com slash category slash podcasts. That's podcasts, plural. Again, acrylic.com slash category slash podcasts. You can also find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.